0: This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every Christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the Bible, and that the primary business of the Church and its ministry is to lead, foster, and encourage people in this life-changing habit.
1: Okay, so we're back at it with Luke uh, chapters 13 through 18. We, we may be in the home stretch now, I'm not entirely sure. I guess we'll see how today's conversation goes, if we're able to move on or not, but uh, it's been a, been a lot of great discussions, a lot of, a lot of stuff in here. You know, um, interestingly enough, I mean, a lot of people think that Paul wrote most of the new Testament, but man, Luke is the one who wrote most of the new Testament. He exactly. just, he just wrote it in, and in, uh, in Luke and acts and, um, but content word, <laughs> word count. I mean, Luke's got it. And I mean, man, there's so much stuff jammed in here. So, uh, we're going to get going. We have, uh, Johnny with us, Lenny with us, uh, Dave and Mark. Dere back with us again, so two weeks in a row. All right, <laughs> and, uh, so glad to have you here, Mark. Um, and uh, Ben, Ben is out, um, not feeling well, a little under the weather. So uh, we're gonna just jump in and begin the discussion. So anything stand out to you guys as we've been reading this over the last uh, last week or so?
0: Yeah. Do you have gratitude? Mm. Do you guys have gratitude? You don't have to answer that question. Anybody that's listening and anybody here, do you have gratitude? That's where I'm going to start this at. 17, chapter 17, we talked about, I'm going back to here. Maybe we covered it. I don't know if we covered it enough, though. The uh, 10 lepers who were healed by God. All I'm going to do is just one, one verse there. Verse uh, 16, this is after he realizes he's healed. The, uh, the, one, the one of them that comes back, he says, He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. Thanking him for what he had done. The man was a Samaritan, he goes on. But he says, Praise God. And then Jesus goes on to say, You know, where are the other nine? He says, Where are the other nine? That's the o What what happened to the other nine? And it it wasn't because he wanted them to come back and praise him. He wanted them, and we have to, this is why, he wanted them to come back and give glory to God. Because if we go to the next verse, uh, I'm sorry, 18, two verses later, Jesus says, has no one returned to give gl- glory to God except this foreigner? He, he wa- Jesus was not worried about taking glory himself. He always gave glory to God. He always gave gratitude to God. Did we do that? I picked up two verses, uh, from, one from Psalm 119, 164. I will pray, and this is David talking to God. I will praise you seven times a day because your regulations are just. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful, be grateful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So again, I ask, are we we gracious? Do we give gratitude? Are we thankful to God? Are we giving the glory to God? And I'll stop there.
2: It reminds me of in Luke chapter 7, um, I think it's 41 through 48, but it's the I want to say it's like maybe one of the pharisees is trying to test jesus and he gives the story of like the two guys who owe the debt and he says which one will be like more grateful the one who owes more and is forgiven a larger sum or the one that owed less and then he answers he's like well i suppose the one that had the larger debt right and so when you're looking at the story of the 10 lepers and only one of them right is forgiven i think of a couple of things with gratitude like that i think of my own life right and Mm -hmm. How messed up my life was and how how messed up my thinking was and how for so many years I was completely oblivious to it and if you're reading the bible in its totality it's almost like leprosy or being ceremonially unclean is has a lot to do with like our soul being like a hardened heart or full of sin like a little bit of sin ruins the whole person right a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump right so it's this idea almost when I'm reading it of thinking about like how If you're a leper, you're unclean. If you're in sin, that separates you from God. That makes you, quote unquote, unclean. Mm -hmm. But Jesus comes to basically cleanse the lepers. He comes to set you free from sin and death. He comes to cleanse you and give you a new way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's so true, at least in my own life, that Jesus has shown me a new way to think about the world, a new way to think about my brothers and sisters in humanity a new way to think about everything, money, marriage, friendship, work ethic, parenting. Like there's no part of God's instructions found in the Bible that hasn't benefited my life. Once I realized that I was sick with sin, once I realized that I was a leper and Jesus could cleanse me. And so for me, you ask the question, do I feel grateful? Every day. I don't even know how many times I say thank you to God every day because I can't help but think about the old me and how you can give a person like me a second chance or a third chance or 70 times seven for my mistakes as long as I have that repentant and contrite heart and he knows my heart. So how could I not be grateful to a God like that who is all loving and who is so full of wisdom and willing to teach that wisdom to us if we would just pray and talk to him and be honest with ourselves and be honest with him. So you, you, know, you bring up Luke 17, um, I was gonna focus on 18, but I mean, that's just my thoughts on it. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I want to look at it
1: here. Um, let's see. I'll read it in uh, in the King James. Uh, go for it. <laughs> so Jesus obviously tells them, go show themselves to the priests. And uh, verse 14 says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And that word "cleansed" there means that they were uh, they were healed. Um, they were healed in such an extent that they could now go and show themselves to the priest. Because if we go back to Levitical law, right? Um, anyone who had any kind of infectious skin disease was uh, was required to live on the outskirts of town because, uh, due to you know lack of sanitation and understanding, they didn't really understand healthcare and such things as that they didn't want these things to spread and basically wipe out the entire population so the lepers uh would go to the outskirts of town and whenever somebody would come they would have to say unclean unclean you know so whenever they would get within there's a certain distance um maybe it's like 50 feet or something they'd have to yell unclean unclean and and so so for a moment here like just imagine like the situation right i mean you know we've got family friends jobs whatever you know imagine something happening imagine one day waking up and now you've got a skin disease and you go to the priest and say hey i got this thing going on like what do i have to do and he looks at the levitical law and he does a few tests and he's like you know what you now have to move to the outskirts of town that means your family your kids whatever it's like you're moving out go figure it out Mm. go figure it out there may be some caves out there you can live in and, and your family, hopefully, they love you enough to come and, like, leave you some provisions occasionally. But, I mean, that's it. Contact is severed now with your entire family. So now you start a new community. So you now there's these 10 guys in this case. And they're probably living together. I mean, it's like that's all they've got. I mean, maybe they see their family from 50 feet away. Maybe they can yell and talk to them a little bit. But, I mean, it's like they're they're out there. And here it says that their cleanse is go and show yourselves to the priest because what you'd have to do is you go show yourself to the priest, you look at it, do a few little tests, and then say, okay, you know what? You're well enough to now go back to your family. So the implications of that are huge, number one, right? So now they can now move back in with their families. They can watch their kids grow up. They can be with their their wives. They can go back to their occupation. They can be with their parents again, whatever the case may be.
2: Redeemed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So... That's great. Like, I mean, that's astonishing. Like this gift that they were being given, like like we can kind of take for granted like what they were given, but I mean, that was that was massive. Now, also knowing something about leprosy. Um, I mean, I, I've been, to, I mean, maybe some of you guys have seen people with leprosy before. I, I have, I went to a leper hospital and, um, you know, you see people with, you know, nubs for hands and feet and whatever else. And, and in our modern day, it's, it's like easily controllable. But in third world countries, you know, it's not easily controllable. You lose sensitivity. You end up losing body parts and such things as that. And so very likely that's what happened with these guys, right? It's like losing fingers and toes and, you know, they don't have that sensitivity. So there's cuts and there's gouges and there's like all this like physical deformity, but now in the moment, and, and, and again, I'm gonna you know speculate just a little bit here. So bear with me um, because some of these words are a little bit obscure, But uh, but for the most part, from what we can derive from the text, he says you're healed, and immediately all of that infection is gone. Now they can go. They can present themselves to the priest. The priest says, "Hey, you know, you look like crap, but <laughs> you can go home now because you're you're not you're no longer an open sore." But one of them turns back, and, and again, if you think about the turning back, like, we're like, "Oh, of course we turn back." But I mean, nine nine of them didn't, so that means I mean here in a room of five like maybe one of us would have, or maybe none of us would have. Right. I mean, Mm. at least in the law of of averages here, we say we're grateful, but like, you also got to think about the carrot that's dangling. Now you're, you're like, Oh, I get to go to the priest now and I get to go home. And and, and, and you're not even healed at the moment. Like, like, if you think about it, like Jesus, all he said was go show yourselves to the priests. So they're there. Like, we don't know what, when they got healed along this journey. Like let's say it's a two mile journey to find the priest, and they're going, and maybe a mile into it, they're like, they look down, like, holy crap, like, we're healed, mm-hmm. and and one of them's like, you guys go ahead, I'm turning around, I'm gonna go find this guy. So I mean, before we just like kind of like totally write off these other nine, like we got to understand like what they were going through, right? I mean, it's like they're like, like I- I'll find him later. I'm getting to the priest because. I got to go kiss my wife. I got to see my baby, you know, uh, whatever else. My, my wife's delivering her baby sometime this week. I, I want to be there for it. So they're in a hurry. This dude turns back, goes back, falls down, thanks Jesus, glorifies God, fell at his face, gives him thanks. And here's the irony, right? He was a Samaritan. Jesus just throws that in there as a little jab. Yeah, like, this foreigner. Yeah, yeah, this foreigner, this person who's <laughs> despised by, by most Jews. And then Jesus answering, uh uh that says says, weren't 10 cleansed cleansed right so again weren't 10 healed where are the other nine they are not found that returned to give glory to god save this one stranger and he said unto him arise go thy way thy faith has made thee whole and it's a different word now it's not it's not healed anymore now it's whole and, and that word, I mean, there's a lot of implications in that word um, when you look at it. So so this is where I say there's a little speculation going on. But that word means complete. The word also means, um, can be, uh, mean like saved in, in the sense of being right with God. Or it could be mean a plethora of things. The way I've always kind of looked at this, though, is that like he comes back and now where there was no fingers, just fingers now. You know, it's like you're, you're now whole. Like not only are you healed, but you're fully restored. You're made whole. And not only that, your sins are forgiven and you're made right with God. And, yeah, you're a Samaritan, but you know what? Go and live a whole life. And and it's just like that one little act of gratitude, how it attracted a wholeness that the other guys didn't tap into wow. because because it seems like from the reading the text that, that that wholeness was reserved for this one guy. The other nine, they were healed but he was made whole, so yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah that's really
0: that's good, a, that's part of the point of this, too, when you say Jesus's words, Luke, or any of the other writers, could have just said that Jesus healed 10 people, he, he, he cured 10 lepers, but he points out, Luke points out Jesus' exact, word you, know, word. you know, what he did, one of them was a Samaritan, one of them was a foreigner, and I think of what you said about your previous life, John, or your, your life before, and you know, h- how you've changed, and and, and what that says to me, again, and, and, and I know you guys have heard me say this about my, myself, that I feel good when I read Paul or when I read, you know, the, the New Testament here, that, uh, that this redemption, this reclamation is for anybody who wants it. That is critical here. And, and, and as we've seen in here, that is a major theme of Luke, that he points out that Jesus said— There's a Samaritan or a foreigner. He didn't have to do that. He could have just said 10 people that he cured a leper. But he points it out because Luke is talking to Gentiles. Luke is showing and emphasizing throughout the whole book that this salvation is available to everybody, not just the Jews, not just one specific country or people but to everybody, and that's one of the major themes I said. It doesn't matter. God's compassion, Jesus' compassion is for everybody. It doesn't matter, especially if you're a social, religious outcast, whatever you were, as Jesus said. the, I mean, as Judah said, the, the leper, they were definitely social and religious outcasts. They were, you know, on the way on the fringe of society probably worse off than a um, you know a woman you know a, a, a single woman uh, a, a woman whose husband had died these these, these guys or women and and that's the other thing notice that um, Samaritan was with other Jews who had leprosy and, and again that wouldn't you know they in, in normal company they wouldn't be together they all got cured if the Samaritan went back he wouldn't be with those Jews that got cured It right. wouldn't happen but when you are, And and this brings me up to what you said about the, the sin, John, and it made me think of it that we're all sinners and it doesn't matter, rich, poor, black, white, whatever, whatever differences we have, we're all the same like those lepers. Right. The, 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 the Jews came together with, with that one Samaritan, which wouldn't have happened in normal society, but they were all outcast together because they all had the same disease. Right. Guess what? As you said, we all got the same disease. We're all sinners. Yeah, exactly. So we're all together in the same boat. Yeah. Cool. So we
3: don't just get healed once, is what I'm hearing. Like you gotta be able to like have reverence to God so that we can continue. Because he says your, your faith has healed you. So these guys had almost like a momentary faith and if you go on and like verse 32, this, it, like, there's like a, a forewarning. Like, remember what happened to Lot's wife? If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. So these guys ran back to their old life. They were like healed and they're like, all right, now I can run back to what I once had. Yeah, so and they the, didn't realize
2: how glorious the moment really right, was. Right,
3: right. Only that one guy was, was like, "Oh my goodness! Yeah. Like, I got to go back to this guy that just healed me. Like, this is incredible. It's out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you'll indulge me, I just want to again on this gratitude theme. Not, not just because I guess it's the holidays, but we should. This should be throughout the year. But one of my favorite songs is 103, and this is apropos to to gratitude. I was going to read the first few lines. This is a psalm of David. Let all that I am, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. And then he repeats, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget. (laughs) This goes back to the nine that took off. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, he heals all my diseases. And he redeems me from death, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's right there in 103. It's that's a beautiful psalm, and it fits in with this mm-hmm. perfectly gratitude. Yeah, Are that. we showing it?
2: Yeah, I did want to comment a little bit more on the leprosy thing. Like, if you remember yeah. in Job, when Job gets all the afflictions, yeah. well, how, how did his friends treat him? They're like, Oh, you must have upset God, right. you must yeah. not really be like how you look on the <laughs> outside that you're like this righteous person, right? That right. you're this good person, yeah. And so. Things like leprosy or if a woman was barren and couldn't produce children, it was often looked at as almost like a curse from God. Do you know what I'm saying? So like not only were you ostracized from the kingdom of God or the community or the civilization, the encampment, the town, the village, whatever it was, you were exiled away. And obviously they formed a little group because what do all those exiles do? It's just like when you're living your life outside of right relationship with God, when you start to backslide as a believer and you start to choose sin over your relationship with God... Who do you find yourself surrounded with? Is it your godly brothers and sisters? Hmm. Is it your parents who've been praying for you or your grandpa? No, you're hanging out with your friends and other bums, right, that are rebelling against what God has planned for their life, hmm. right? Hmm. I, can, I can for sure say that every time that I've ever backslid into a sin, right, it's because I was busy doing things that weren't what God had purposed for my life, <laughs> right? Yep. I wasn't seeking the kingdom first. I wasn't seeking his face. I wasn't loving my neighbor as myself. I was loving myself though. You know what I mean? (laughs) And when you have that kind of mindset and that kind of outlook, you attract people like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Mm. what's that expression Uh, in the Bible? It's like bad company corrupts good morals. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's the same part of the scriptures where Jesus talks about being the light and why people hated him and hated the prophets is because he shined light on the darkness. And in the darkness is where people do their evil deeds. And that's why when you're confronted with the scriptures, or you go to church and it makes you uncomfortable because the sermon seems like it's talking to you mm. and you have to ask yourself, how does, how does this book from two, these writings from 2000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, know this about my life right now? How is this ancient book still relative to today? Mm. And do I really want to come back and have more of that exposed in my heart and in my life? <laughs> do I want to, mm-hmm. am I strong enough of a person that I actually want to get well and I want to get better and I'm willing to meet God? Where he's willing to meet me which is right where I am mm-hmm. or am I gonna say you know what what is what does that stupid book know what does that stupid preacher know or or, the, or, or this Bible teacher or eh, it's just written by a bunch of old guys let's just I'm just gonna go back to live my life I was fine before anyone ever invited me to church mm-hmm. it's like you really have to ask yourself that it's like yeah. am I the leper not even about the gratitude but like am I a person who wants to get better mm-hmm. am I a person that wants to seek the truth and then can I even handle the yeah, truth? Yeah, examining
3: your heart. Yeah. It's making a... sure
2: that, you know, are there anyth- is there anything in my heart that
3: needs to be given to God? Because it's a lot of heart issues that we have.
1: Are there things in our life that we're not grateful for that we're taking for granted? Yes. Yeah, so many things you're unaware of, right? Yeah. And this is where like I've you know challenged people. You know, we talk about around Thanksgiving, we always talk about gratitude. But um, it's like well, what are you thankful for? Yeah. But but let's take off all the obvious ones family health house car job money more money you know <laughs> like yeah. those things like let's take that off the table now what are you grateful for yeah it's so, like yeah of course yeah you'd be a horrible person not to be somewhat grateful for you know your family and a house over your head a roof over your head but what else though what else are, are you are you grateful for the fact that uh, you have clean drinking water in your house mm. are we grateful for the fact that we have heat that we don't even have to think about that automatically turns on when the temperature drops below a certain level? Are we thankful for the fact that we uh, can go to the bathroom and all of our waste is just carried away from us and is, isn't spreading disease in our home? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, like what other things are we thankful
2: for? Living in a free country, how about Live that? Country, you, get you, know. to, you get to vote and have a say if you want. Are we thankful <laughs> for the fact that we have the Bible, God bless you.
1: Uh, at our fingertips that we can access and read and, you know, study any time of the day or night without fear of persecution?
0: Yes. Yes, I am. And and I'm also thankful for a lot of things that I'm turning away from because of the Bible, as Johnny said, Mm -hmm. you know, when he was Mm -hmm. giving a little testimony about himself. One of them is, um, and again, I I think we already read that there, the rich fool. I I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that Reading the Bible has, is leading me away from that there yeah. that I realize, as we've talked about in the past that uh, in past sessions here, that we'd be dead right now, today. You know, it's our time. You know, it's our time. Our time is up. And as, and as God said to that rich fool, you fool, <laughs> you'll be dead tomorrow. Then who will get everything that you have? I'm thankful that I'm trying to walk away from that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're all fools for something, right? Like It's like the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, the scriptures teach, right, or Jesus teaches. But, I mean, if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you and you have a relationship with God, he reveals to you how meaningless everything else is. That like you know we we always say, you know, you don't see the U-Haul behind the hearse, yeah. Judah says, right? Yeah. And it's use, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I use
0: that with some I just told my wife that the other day, I says, Well, we gotta do, I said, I said, Judah you know, always says there's no hearse behind it. I tell her that, I says, You understand what that means? And and, and You can't take it with you when you die. You all that money, all the cars clothes, yeah. Just um you just said it, John. Meaningless. That is what keeps coming into my mind since we've been doing this, at least for you know, how how meaningless everything really is. Mark and I talk about that a lot too, about that, okay, you need to earn a living, you need to do this and do that. And yes, as Judah said, you know, you want to be thankful for the normal things, but I put those aside. I'm already thankful about those. So I really am thankful that I'm, I'm trying to get away from being the rich fool or some of these characters that Jesus is talking about in here. Yeah. Because this it is meaningless in the end we're just stewards and i'm trying to be a better steward with everything that i do have say whatever it is it
2: it goes back to not just the gratitude but like generosity right so for example in my own life the lord has been working on me to be more generous with people right and that could just be like gracious with somebody who is frustrated and complaining and not i don't need to get the last word maybe it's like for example we went to go see one of my daughters she had like a band concert for school and we walk up you know they got the table in the money box Something that we're gonna have to pay and so it's me my wife my eldest daughter and then her her best friend and so i'm like i'm willing to pay for everybody you know I, I assume it's maybe 10 20 bucks a ticket right so we go up and um we kind of pause at the table and they're like um it's a free concert but we're accepting donations right and so i go in to get some cash and my smallest bill's a 50 and i'm just like and i'm holding on to it for a second i'm like I know this is going to be like a terrible concert. Yeah. Like I know it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you guys, you, you guys laugh, but if any parent is listening or grandparent, I, you played, to see I your play
3: the trumpet. Yeah. Trust me, so I know what it's like. Yeah, in the, so, in those so
2: concerts. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, it, and it's a little rough. It's a little rough, but so so I'm holding on to this fifty dollar bill, and I'm thinking to myself. I said, you know what? God would want me to be generous with this because He blessed me with this, and I have more than this one. So why wouldn't I just give it? And I'm thinking to myself like if their program is going to be this bad that I've already, like, you know, it's I, I, I'm, I've, I've already convinced myself it's going to be horrific, right? Which it was, but. Right? 50 bucks will help them get better. That's
0: what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So
2: I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, God wants me to be generous. I should be gracious. So I was like, you know what? And I gave it to him. And I said, here you go. And the look on these two high schoolers face that somebody gave a $50 bill instead of singles or fives or tens or twenties. You know, and the you know there's a police officer there for security, and he's looking at it, and he's like, oh, you know, looking at me, it's like the tattooed cover guy, it's like, yeah. you check know, it, make
0: sure it's yeah, real. <laughs> he, yeah, he's like
2: probably a drug dealer, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know. So, anyways, I put I put the money down, and and. I felt a peace about it. And I don't want to say I felt good about myself. I felt peace, which is a different feeling. Mm. I felt a peace that was granted to me. Did you ring some bells and blow some horns? (laughs) 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 No, but it was was like the strangest feeling. So I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And I felt like God had instructed me in that moment to remember the word, to remember what he's been teaching me. And I got the chance to be more Christ-like in that one moment and then I had to suffer the concert, but whatever. Did yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. they, they sit you in the front row? Of- <laughs> I let Ashley pick the seat, so I was pretty close. I just thought, honestly, like, how does this guy get paid? They had to learn like three, never mind. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, How's this guy got, got a job still? Yeah.
0: You never know who's listening, Johnny. If <laughs> well, if this is you,
2: you should meet. My name is John Vayner, come come, come meet with me, and, and I'll, we, I'll volunteer there, and we can teach the kids how to play. So mm-hmm. I really will, too, I'll volunteer there. <laughs> Ben, edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it. So, yeah, I mean, gratitude
1: is, is, is huge, you know. Are, are, what are we grateful for? Are we grateful for the things? And like Dave said, you know, are, are we uh, moving more towards that wholeness because of the gratitude? You know, are we learning from, from Scripture? Are we moving closer closer to God, you know, or do we just take for granted? It's like so often, it seems like, I mean, even even in my own life, you know, it's like you pray for something, you pray for something. Something's heavy on your heart. Um Someone is uh, is battling something, or going through something, or somebody, you know, your your light turns green, and like you're distracted momentarily, and then you get ready to push the gas and somebody blows the red light right in front of you it's like like these things like this happen right and we're like oh wow that sucks you know or like wow I, that could have been me if I hit my gas a second earlier I would have been in the middle of the intersection and that guy would have like pummeled me yeah. you know and it's like are we grateful for those things and then do we like remember it you know it's like I mean I, I look back sometimes at just my own you know pettiness you know it's like somebody you know like Somebody's kind of sick, and you're like, oh, God, just like, let it not be cancer or whatever. And then, and then you go to the doctor, and they're like, oh, of course it's not cancer. And you're like, oh, okay, well, heh, I was all worried about nothing. But it's like, but I prayed for this not to be that, and it's not that.
2: Yeah, what if it was cancer? And it's <laughs> like,
1: am I grateful or not? You know, It's like, like, can we take that moment at least and come back to Jesus' feet and say, hey, thank you. That wasn't cancer. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe I overreacted, but you know what? Or maybe you healed them yeah. in the meantime. I mean, hey, like, that, I don't know. That
3: happened to me four you months know? ago with my mom. I mean, we yeah. she had a, a, a false diagnosis because she wanted to look into it um, and she got some false information and I was the last person to find out and – you know, I came to you, Dave, I was falling. up. I was a mess, bro. I was a mess, you know, but I was able to, you know, rely on my brothers to help lift me up, pick up my cross. But it, it's a good reminder, Judah, have I had gratitude lately towards that? Because I remember even telling you, hey, it's, it wasn't that. And you are like, Lenny. That's a miracle. Like yeah. we, you know, like that's that's a healing. Like you know what I mean. Like God does answer prayers, and so do, do that, take that for granted.
0: Did you, did you, now that you brought that up, Jude, and then you, you seconded about you know about you know maybe somebody has a sickness or illness, disease, whatever it may be. I read this piece. I got I, I I know I saved it. I've got to bring it in, and it gave me a, a little different perspective too. It talked about life and in yeah, its shortness and. Uh, I try to capsulize it. What stuck with me is that a lot of times, and this fits in perfectly with we're talking about gratitude, about the the, the author who was a woman was talking about the gift of life and why don't we just, you know, just enjoy it and take it for what it is. It is short. Somebody, God has given us a gift of life and we worry about, you know, how long we're going to live and and instead of doing that, enjoy the gift while we have it. Know that we're finite And for those of us, they didn't talk about eternal life, but for those of us who believe in that, we have an eternal life coming. But a lot of people don't do that, and they're, like you say, okay, oh, my God, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that, and we don't even enjoy a lot of our lifetime, the time that we do have here, and then it's over, as opposed to, and I'm not putting it very nicely like she did, but it just said the gift of life and enjoying the time that we have here. And how many of us do that gratitude to say, Thank you god for and i try to do that every day to say thank you for i'm here one more day and and i appreciate it and i will try to make the most of it
2: so in luke chapter 18 verse 31 i thought this part was really interesting i'm just going to read from the nasb 1995. then he took the 12 aside and said to them behold we are going up to jerusalem And all the things which are written through the prophets about the son of man will be accomplished for he will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and mistreated and spat upon. And after that, they will scourge him and they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. But the disciples understood none of these things. And the meaning of this statement was hidden from them. And they did not comprehend the things that were said. Now, the reason why I think this is really interesting is that last part. Um, that's the, the main thing I want to focus on, is that it, it was hidden from them. They didn't understand, right? And this isn't the first time that Jesus pulled them aside and had to ex- like tell them something that was important that they didn't get. Like we saw it with the parable of the sower. They were like, what does that even mean? And he was like to put it plainly and he spelled it out for them. But in this case, he didn't. He let them just stay with no comprehension of what he said. The other thing that I think is really interesting about this is <clears throat> he's telling them that everything written in the Old Testament from the prophets is going to come to pass. And he says, furthermore, right? The son of man will be handed over to the non Jews, right? And will be mocked, mistreated and spit upon. And they're going to scourge him and they're going to kill him. Right. And then he talks about the resurrection. Right. But how interesting is this, that it came to pass that Jesus's words truly came to pass like this. And we talked about this maybe last week or the week prior to that with the podcast, Where i mentioned psalm 22 which is another psalm in the book of psalms written by king david when he was just a musician and it's the retelling i should say it's the prediction rather or the the prophetic tale of how jesus would be crucified they pierce my hands and my feet um they cast lots from my clothing you know um his his mouth is dry just like when he's on the cross and he says i thirst and they bring the hyssop branch with the with the sour wine up to his mouth like It wasn't just like one coincidence, like they pierced my hands and my feet. It's like there were so many things in Psalm 22. So you see Jesus talking about that. He's like all the things written by the prophets. And then you see what actually happens, the Gentiles. And who was famous for scourging people? The Romans, right? The Roman scourge was something to be feared, right? You want to know what kept people in line? It was that. It was watching public whippings, right, and beatings. And and the ridicule and the mocking and all this stuff like wouldn't that keep you in line in the ancient world? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They
0: were the precursors of Singapore.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was just absolutely brutal. So I just thought that it was interesting. The other th- the other thing that I thought was cool is if we go down here, um, when you get down to 35, now it's a totally new paragraph. But it says as Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting at the road begging. Now hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what it was, and they told him it was Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, passing by, and he called out saying, "Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me right So obviously this blind man has heard of who this Jesus is in his passing yes. He, and, and it 's important that it says that he hears right because he obviously can 't see, but people are talking about the things Jesus has been doing all around like he 's built up over this <clears throat> period of what age thirty to thirty three ish you know they, they speculate <clears throat> um All these miracles, all these signs, all these wonders, right? All these healings, all these teachings, all these rebukes of the Pharisees. I mean, word travels fast like that, right? You have all the merchants, you have all the traders, and you have all these people like the like those the ten lepers, right? So he cries out to him, son of David. So whoever this blind person was, he obviously knew that this was the Messiah. Because he cries out, son of David, right?
0: Just again, the people are on the side of the road. I was doing some reading on this on, you know, when they're going to Passover, some a lot of Jews could make the journey there, and this is what they want to do. They wanted to worship at the temple, and so they would go there, but some people couldn't make it for whatever reason. Maybe they were lepers, maybe they were blind, or maybe they couldn't afford it. So they would, you know, they would, uh, as the pilgrims were going by, they would line the sides of the roads uh, here and there as this blind man, mm-hmm. as, the, as the lepers did, and so... Yes, he he obviously realized he said, Yeah, Jesus the Nazarene is coming by and he calls him son of David, which you know identifies him as the Messiah. This blind man obviously knew, you know, his his history here. But let me go back first I want to comment what you had said, John, on thirty four. Oh, okay. but they but they didn't understand any of this. And and that's critical because even as Jesus has been telling them, as you said, all along that I'm going to go, you know, I'm I'm going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man is going to be crucified. He's going to, I'm going to give up my life. Up to this point, and in, in he started this, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, who knows, I think around uh, verse, I mean, uh, chapter 9 in Lucas when he starts his journey to Jerusalem. So let's say from chapter 9 till 25, he's, you know, till he gets crucified, he's telling them that, I, I you know, this is what's going to happen, but they're still not understanding this. And so they don't even know what's going to happen. What they still think is going to happen in my mind, and, and this might be a little speculation on my part, but I, I'm not that much. I don't think is that they still think that Jesus is going to get to Jerusalem, and he's going to, you know, take over. You know, the he's going to be that king that the king, he's going to ride in with sword, and you know, and he's going to cut down the Romans and free them from taxation, free. But <laughs> he's not going to do that, as we know. You know, as we have the benefit of looking in here. You know, in 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 hindsight. And, you know in in and, and they didn't and they but they still couldn't grasp that he's going to be crucified and the seven is by the fact that when you get to the coup when we get to the crucifixion and I won't get into this in detail but because we're going to cover that but in the next six chapters but Who's around at the crucifixion? Not his disciples. I mean, they—they're they're gone because they—they—they they couldn't handle this. It'd be like, I'm trying to think of what would I have done if they run away and go, "Oh my God, it, it's not what I expected." We're not going to be armed. Jesus doesn't have a hidden cache of you know arms and armaments and everything that we need to take over the Romans. It's—it's it's crazy.
2: Well, yeah. It, if you do want to focus on that 34 there, where he's—he's he's telling them, he's telling them what's going to happen with his. Uh, torture, death, uh, burial, and resurrection, right? So it's funny because Jesus still goes to Jerusalem. And if you know geographically... He should have headed just south to Jerusalem, but he went a different way. He went southwest to Jericho before doing that, which has this whole thing where Jesus knew he was going to die, obviously, because he states yeah. it right here. But he also knew that he had to go there and heal this, this, uh, this blind person, right? And Jesus, and this was the will of the father that Jesus was doing right. was to take care of all these things, right? So what Jesus is essentially doing for his disciples is he's showing them, if you give up your life right? Mm -hmm. For God's will, you will gain it, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus had faith in the Father and in the resurrection. Jesus was able to live and die the life that he lived and died because he had faith in the resurrection. Do we have faith in our resurrection? Are we willing to give up our money, our time, our are everything he didn't right? He not just put off anybody who called out to him either. Well,
0: that, that's, mm-hmm. it. that's the point. That's a very interesting walk into his Johnny, death, Johnny. Exactly, that's I was just going to say that's great, Lenny, because here you. I was going to ask you guys. Let, let us picture ourselves on our way to that. We know we're going to die. We know that he knew that. The disciples, the apostles, may not have, but he did, and he still stops, talks to the children, talks, let the children come to me. Mm-hmm. I'll heal this. I'll heal this beggar. I'll heal that. Mm-hmm. Even in spite of all that, so you write on like that is so important that he still kept this calm. In this beggar, I was, you know, look up, and I know Judah. A lot of times, you have a different version. You, you, you know, the uh, the words too. I only look up a few, you know, the translations. But if you look in 38, that that beggar, it says, so he began shouting, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." Johnny read that. The first time that, you know, when the translation, I looked up that word shouting, shouting it's just like a normal shout. He said, hey, Jesus, I'm here, I'm here. But then in 39, they tell him, the people say, you know, in front of them, because they want to hear what Jesus has to say. They go, be quiet, be quiet. And then it says he only shouted louder. When you read the translation for that, the literal translation of back then, now he's screaming out. He's He's... He's saying, "I don't care what these people like. I need to. I need to get yeah, healed they, if they I can." To, they told him to yeah. pipe down, but yeah. certainly. they were like, he, "Be quiet, be when, quiet." When you yeah, read, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it. it the, my my Bible says shouting and shouted, so it seems like the yeah. same thing. But you, you know how we miss so yeah. much in a translation. Right. The second time he says that, when you read the literal translation, he is screaming. Yeah. You know, he is screaming, "Son of David, have mercy on me."
1: Beggars in that day, if you know much about the beggars in the in the Roman Empire and and in this kind of environment it was different than beggars from today um because the romans they didn't want like i mean just like like right now i mean i drive around and, there, and there's like so many people that are like you know out there with signs and and now i'm starting to see signs like at the exits of parking lots saying you know if you see somebody don't help them just donate your money to like whatever social services because we want to help them because they want to clean up the streets they don't want like people just out there you know all the time and so so whatever um and rome in much the same way they didn't want like Beggars like everywhere. So, in order to beg, you had to have a permit. So, you would go to the authorities and you would say, "Hey, here's my condition. You know, I'm blind. I'm this. I'm that. Whatever. Uh, and I want to beg. And so they would basically say, "Okay, you know, you can, you can beg." um here's your location that you can beg and we're going to give you a uh, a certain uh, a, a coat like a cloak that you would wear so that when you're wearing it it's just like this seal of approval that says this is a legitimate beggar who legitimately has a need so if you go by and you'd see someone wearing this kind of a cloak you would say oh well okay they're, they're vetted they're not just trying to scam me it's just not somebody out there they're a legitimate you know there's a legitimate need so that way you know and people value like the jewish people they valued donating to people and helping people so you say oh oh, i'm gonna donate oh hey look there's a beggar let me go and give him some stuff right so 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 that was that was kind of like how the the whole system worked so i'm gonna read the same story out of mark uh then they reached jericho as jesus and his disciples left town a large crowd followed him a blind beggar named bartimaeus which is son of timaeus was sitting beside the road when bartimaeus heard jesus of nazareth was nearby he began to shout jesus son of david have mercy on me Be quiet, many people yelled. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. We we just read all this. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they said to the blind man, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. I love this next verse. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What does that say? He's like, I Screw don't need that. this anymore. I don't have any more, more yeah. regulations I made anymore. Him well. Right. I don't need to be a beggar yeah. Yeah. anymore. And it does say his faith like, has like, healed like, you. Like, like yeah, my, my job, my occupation has just changed. I don't know what's going to happen. This coat that I had to go and apply for, That's and I had to get this location, and I had to do all this stuff in order to be here and to be a beggar. Now he says, come. I don't need that coat. Away with me. Jesus, self. I'm coming. Yeah, I, yeah. I,
0: I like what you just read there. But let me, let me comment on that. But listen to this judah just said he, he said come come here bring him here how many of us and, and again i'm asking you guys directly you know the i usually ask rhetorical questions but how many of us when we hear jesus say come actually do mm. yeah yeah we have to ask ourselves that when when jesus had come to him you read, really, he read that judah he took off his coat and he just how many, is, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. how many of us how many of us willing to do that when Jesus yeah. has come. Because you know what? he We know this. Jesus, uh, Judah preaches all the time. He's calling us right now. He's calling us every day. Are we answering?
1: And are, are we leaving our former life
2: behind in order to
0: follow him? Like he him? did. Yeah, like right. the right. young rich right. ruler. Are we willing right. to yeah.
2: do whatever it takes, the one thing we lack, right?
0: And and this is what, what you know, it just bothers me. I'm saying, okay, I I, I think you might have brought it up last week, Judah. And I thought about it. I Whoever brought it up said just... To divest yourself of everything. Just say, hey, I'm done and, and here's what I want to do. Give it to the poor. Don't do <laughs> Thinking about these things in her they just play on my mind all the time. Am I ready to get up? Jesus says, Come. Yeah. Yeah, or just me- like he said to Levi,
2: come follow me. It makes me think of an Isaiah. It's like like lost sheep, we've all gone astray, right? Yeah. And I, I often, when I'm like witnessing to people and sharing my testimony or evangelizing, I, I talk about that, how like lost sheep have gone astray. And I said, it's kind of like, you know, God will let you do whatever you want to do. But sometimes when you're, you know, if he's the good shepherd, he, he gives you your free will, you wander a little too far off from the crowd. Maybe something catches your eye and you start, you know, following something. And next thing you know, you're deep in a forest and there's wolves around and there's bears or there's a mountain lion or whatever. And so you start to get scared and you really don't know what to do. And then you hear something walking up on you and you're afraid of that and then you hear a voice calling and then you're like, is that the shepherd? Am I in trouble? Mm. Am I in trouble that I left the flock? Am I in trouble that, I... or, or when Jesus is approaching, you become scared and you run further away. And the closer he gets, the further you go and, the cl- and he's pursuing you and the further you're running. But at some point you're gonna have to ask yourself like, do I really need to be rescued? Mm. Am I actually like this far in the forest now? And am mm. I actually exposed to threats? Mm. So it's like, you say, is, is Jesus calling you? <clears throat> Maybe you're reading the Bible. Maybe you're listening to a sermon online. Maybe you're someone invited you to church and you're going, you're listening. Maybe you're wrestling with addiction or or greed or idolatry or whatever it may be. Maybe you're spiritually confused about things. You don't know where the truth lies. <clears throat> and then Jesus shines this light on you. And you have to ask yourself, like, what's the one thing that I lack? Like the, the rich young ruler? Like, what's the things that I could be giving up so that I can get rescued? Cause you sort of have to, you have to submit, right? If you're, if you're that lost sheep in the, in the middle of the woods, you have to realize I got myself into this mess and I can't get myself out now. And if anyone's ever been lost before, lost in the woods, lost hiking, whatever, yeah. you feel hopeless and you get scared and you're like, I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And, and here's Jesus saying, come with me. Yeah. I know the way come with me. I'll show you, you know? So it's like, he stands at the door and knocks. Are we going to open up the door and let him in? When he says, follow me, like you said, David, are we going to actually follow him? And what does following him look like? It looks like learning what he had to say in the scriptures and then actually living it out and doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Mark,
1: you stayed quiet. You got anything to add to all this? (laughs) you always got something to say.
4: You guys touched on a lot here. Um, The gratitude, the, I don't know, Johnny, you were just talking about like how when we get off the path, like... It has to be a choice, you know, you have to, you kinda have to decide, I think for yourself that this is the way and it's the only way. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you gotta do all these things sometimes without like reinforcement, like, I you don't know, Jesus, a lot, of, a lot of different things I've been thinking about as I've been listening, but like um, the gratitude thing, like sometimes I say like I'm grateful for the willingness that I have I'm grateful for my trials that I go through, um, you know, aside from all the things that we all have that we're, I don't know, I guess a lot of people may be ungrateful for, but I, I just, I, I, I look at the world differently today after <clears throat> going through what I went through and, and being where I am today. Like, um, I know you said too, Johnny, how you talked about like how you'll uh, like you love yourself, you gotta love others right and i I learned that the hard way, like the selfishness that I used to exhibit it was like a it's like a bottomless pit and and when mm-hmm. we give to others like when Jesus was performing all these miracles, he was doing th- even on his march to his own death, he was doing things for others, like when you do things for others it's like uh even the fifty dollars like i mean it's it's like a... I don't even know. It's like a paradox. Like, you, you do things with, with nothing, expecting nothing in return, and you get everything. Mm. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, it's not weird. It's, it's, it's not God. odd. It's God. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's <laughs> like, I, I don't know, I don't understand these things, but the more I do it, like, I gain a tiny bit more understanding and a little bit more, and day after day after day of, like, consistency and, like, the right action, like, I don't know. Like, the path gets a lot more obvious. To get off of it, it could take a day, it could take a week, it could take five minutes, but mm. it's mm-hmm. obvious to me, like, today, that I need to, uh, I need to walk a, th- a very, very thin line. Like, t- the difference between sin and-, and God's will is like, you know, mm. it's, it's like, it's, it's weird. I know I know he died for our sins, and we, we all sin, but like, I don't want to sin, but I still do it. You yeah. know, it's like, it's, un- it's like, uh
0: the thin line reminds me of the rich man getting into heaven right like a camel going through uh, yeah, the, the eye of a needle. needle Or yeah, Jesus says, says it. you know why is
1: the wide is the way that leads to destruct, destruction and narrow is the path that leads to eternal life This is in few
2: there's only few people that find it right cuz it's narrow it's it actually says it's yeah. narrow and it's a hard path yeah. Yeah. so it's like it, I know you know who They David say Goggin straight is. and narrow yeah. but it doesn't <laughs> say it's straight.
1: I think it's crooked. <laughs> yeah. I think
2: it's like really crooked and
1: like really rocky, like, yeah, rocky and you like, like treacherous. Tre- tre- yeah. <laughs> know? yeah. That's
0: basically what you're saying. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well,
2: you know how David Goggins says that? He says like, you know, there's like the, the highway that everybody could take but then there's the way where you have to pick up a, sho- a shovel and dig out your own road and you have to yeah. take the hard way and he says that's the better choice. That's essentially like he's borrowing. He might have thought of, you know, he was so wise and thought of it himself, but that's in the Bible when the Bible says like, it's not an easy thing to be a Christian. It's not an easy thing to be a child of God. Like you will be persecuted. Like you're going to be confronted with these decisions. Like today was a reminder that I need to get back on that narrow path. And if it was easy, then everybody would do it, but we chase the things that make us feel good, right? Mm -hmm. We do the things that we think are right in our own sight, not in the sight of God, which is another huge problem, right? So how many times a day do you say, you know what, I'm gonna die to my own choices and my own will, and I'm not gonna pursue my desires, but instead I'm gonna do the hard work of opening up a, a Bible and reading it. And not just that, if I don't understand it, asking questions to, People who have been walking with the Lord longer or who are students of the word and hear what they have to say about it and then get into fellowship, get into a congregation or a church, participate in what's going on so that I have a better understanding of what God's will is for my life and then go and do that. You think that's easy? It's not.
0: No, but Jesus never said it was going to be easy. Well, it doesn't
2: matter anyways, because just like Brother Mark right here just said, he said, you do this thing. And you don't want anything in return, but you gain everything in return. So what you think you're like, oh, I don't want to let go of this. As soon as you let it go, you're washed over with all these blessings, be it peace or joy or, or, um, gentleness. I mean, what's the fruit of the spirit? I can't even say. Love, joy,
1: peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control.
2: So you get to experience the fruit of the spirit because you're now in Christ, because you're walking on that, that narrow, hard path to that narrow gate. And how narrow is it? It's about the size of a man a man who lived 2,000 years ago, right? You're only going to go through him. There's no other way to get reconciled to God except through him, right? So it's I think that's yeah. just a great place to we end. We have to be you know? careful what we
3: limit, what God can do not only just for you, but also through you.
2: Anyhow,
1: with that, uh, I think let's go ahead and wrap it up and, and wrap up this section too. Um, I think it's been a good section, but I think uh, I think it's time to time to move on so we're going to move on to 19 to 24 which brings us to the end of the book so uh we've got a lot of a lot of good stuff here you know we, I can see the
2: finish line it's all yeah see the well, finish
1: line it'll be another couple months know. before we probably in the probably come out boys let's <laughs> finish strong yeah. finish strong <laughs> in the spring, spring in time <laughs> we'll get through it all but uh, but we know that Starts Jesus is on his way to the crucifixion and so we are too um, through this so Uh, but let's uh, let's close it up here we'll pick back up next time as we begin now Luke 19 through 24 Well we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast we invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.